Hi, Rodney Jane here. Be safe these holidays with Bob Jane T-Mart's great getaway deals. Buy three, get the fourth tyre free on selected Bridgestone, Yokohama, Dunlop and J-Tracks. Up to $100 instant cash back on a range of Michelin, Continental, Goodyear, Bob Jane Zenon and Moto Sport X. Alloy wheels from only $125 and tyres from just $69, all with our best tyre price guarantee. We'll look after you. Test and apply. These two do not like each other. There are two parts of the story as always. Red flag, this is a suspended uh, race. Hey, it's the Parked Up Podcast. We're powered by Race Fuels here. My name is Grant Rowley. We have another episode of Parked Up coming right up at you now. And a couple of really cool guests. I spoke to Clay Richards, the son of Stephen Richards, the grandson of the great man, Jim Richards. Uh, and Clay is forging his own career. He recently went down to the GRM Combine down at Simmons Plains, got to drive some uh, of their pretty cool TCRs, Trans Ams and S5000s. So uh, I caught up with him and uh, after Clay, we have the full extended chat that Mark Fogarty did with Jared Waitley. Of course, Jared is a absolute superstar in sports media uh very very popular sometimes polarizing particularly down here in melbourne he loves his afl he loves his cricket he loves all sports he loves his motor racing and of course he's uh one of the big ticket partners inside this uh napa auto parts hodges motorsport sprint car entry that team is fighting amongst about uh, 60 or 70 others fighting for some grand annual classic joy this weekend uh, down in Warrnambool. Uh, and Fogue spoke to Jared about the uh, the sprint car stuff, but also about motorsport, supercars in particular, uh, and why it doesn't command as much media attention as uh, sometimes us racing people think it uh, think it should. So, uh, Jared and Fogues up later. I've got Clay Richards first, but uh, let me just uh, give the Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast a plug. Uh, Darren Smith and uh, Gary O'Brien have been uh, pumping them out, and there's a brand new one uh, that's going to drop uh, probably on the same day as this one. Uh, they've spoken to Ian Luff. They had an awesome chat with Simon Evans uh, which was uh, very entertaining. Of course, four-time Australian Rally Car champion. Yeah, and it's uh, it's definitely worth a uh, worth a listen. But uh, Ian Luff is coming up as well. So plenty of podcasting across our network uh, productions. So um, make sure you go and check them out. Anyway, here we go. Clay Richards on Parked Up, and we spoke about uh, the third generation of Richards coming through the ranks. Hey, it's great to have Clay Richards on the Parked Up podcast. I think I've had uh, Jim Richards. I've had Stephen Richards. I've, I reckon even Priya Richards is, uh, <laughs> has been involved. And I'm, I'm collecting the Richards set, mate. Uh, thanks for coming yeah. on. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Uh, a bit a busy uh, little off-season for you, or certainly just in the last week or so, you were down yeah. uh, as part of the GRM Combine down at Simmons Plains where you got to... Uh, drive some cool cars and be part of the uh, GRM team with their 
some some pretty famous driving instructors to uh, yeah. to get uh, get you some experience inside cars that you wouldn't have uh, driven before, uh, and some extra tuition that you uh, would have never received before. So, what was the GRM combine like? Yeah, the GRM combine was was absolutely fantastic. Such an awesome experience um, to work with you know a team like grm and and drive drive cars like the tcr car uh the trans am and the s5000 was was something that uh was really really cool and to, to even work work with the engineers mechanics driver coaches as well um it uh, it opened my eyes a lot to um to not only you know not only on track learning stuff on track but also off track as well so um yeah it was just a fantastic experience and and yeah, something I I won't forget for a long time. Cool. So TCR cars, uh, Trans Am, and S five thousand, which was yeah, correct. which was which yeah. was your pick of the three. Oh, no question was the S five thousand sure. <laughs> but uh, I also did enjoy um, driving the TCR car. Uh, I found that um, yeah, really really fun to drive. A, a bit of a different driving style, just because it's front wheel drive. Um, yeah, so it was uh, it was really fun to sort of um, learn how to drive those cars and and the technique that's involved as well. Now you've got a pretty good driver coach that uh, that that usually uh, spins the spanners for your eighty six yeah. and your yeah. Formula Ford that you've done in the past uh, few years. Of course, that's your dad, Stephen. Yeah. He's done a couple yeah. of things in the sport. But um, yeah, yeah, would have would have been yeah. would have been pretty cool though to work with the likes of. Marcus Ambrose, James Moffat, Jimmy Golding, Aaron yep. Cameron. Uh, how much did you get out of those those guys? Yeah, well, I suppose coming from you know for most of my career, I've worked well racing career. I've worked with with just Dad, and it's been myself, Dad, my mum, and and prayer of my sister as well. So it was good to get an experience um, sort of outside that little circle and work with. Uh, work with the engineers on on the data and the vision and and the driver coaches as well. So, um, yeah, it was it was good to to experience a different different environment and um and learn learn from um yeah someone else other than dad as well and and get a different opinion on things. Uh, I, I could imagine Marcus would be someone really cool, really interesting to work with. Very technically savvy. Uh, and uh, you know, been there and done that in in all forms of racing, yeah. uh, all around the world. Uh, yeah, working with uh, Marcus Ambrose, what was your take? Yeah, yeah, Marcus obviously has a lot of experience in the in the sport. You know, racing in you know here in Australia, having a lot of success here, and also um, a bit of success in America, racing NASCAR as well. So he's got yeah heaps of experience, and you know to learn. I learned a lot off him, um, especially off track as well. Um, yeah, but Marcus is he's um you know, he's one of Australia's best best racing drivers. So to to learn off him was was definitely um yeah, I, I found it very, very um valuable. Cool. Uh, okay, so uh, a few of you young types were down there in the GRM combine. I'm sure you know it's it's not like it was a uh, search for a star program where you guys no. are all gunning for a lap time and uh, yeah. trying to outdo each other. But does it get pretty competitive as well amongst those guys during during those uh, few days that you have together? 
yeah, look, I, I think uh, I, I got lucky this year and, and I got, um, yeah, all, of, all of us who attended the combine, all of us drivers, we all got along quite well. Um, yeah, but you know, as, as always, it, it's, it'll, you know, it's always competitive when you try and get into a car, even though people say, you know, no, nah, this isn't a talents, talent search, search <laughs> or whatever. You always want to, you know, be the fastest driver and, and, um, yeah, it's, it's always, you're always going to be competitive in this sport, no matter how, how you look at it. Yeah. No, very good. Um, so your, your old man didn't go, he stayed at home. He just, uh, set, just, uh chucked you on the airplane and, and sent you down there or did he go down and have a poke around? No. So he, uh, he, he, so we left on the, on the Sunday, Sunday afternoon. So dad and I both flew to Tasmania and, uh, and we attended the, the dinner. Yep. And then he he got on a flight early Monday morning and had to had to go back home to go to work. So he was only there just for for one night. But yep. uh, I think he he wanted me to sort of go and experience working with the team other than other than himself. So yeah, I think that was yeah. I um obviously you know, <laughs> you need to work as well. So um. <laughs> Yeah, I think that was the main reason why he didn't stay the whole week. Yeah, cool. And uh, a nice little touch, though, as well. Of course, your dad's got history uh, with that team, mm-hmm. kind of where he really started his his own uh, touring car racing, both in Super Tours and uh, in supercars uh, as well. So uh, a nice little touch. So um, now you've got uh, Toyota 86 coming up. Uh, this year, I think this is like your third season at it, second or third full season at it. Yeah, correct. Yeah, so this is our third season, third season in the um, Toyota Gazoo Racing Australia '86 Championship. Um, we had a really good year last year, and we we thought we could maybe carry some of the momentum onto this year as well. Um, and you know, we've got a. I feel we've got a really good chance to. Um, um, yeah, to fight for for podiums and race wins and see how we how we end up at the at the end of the season. So, um, but yeah, going back to to you know, dad with Gary Rogers as well. Like, yeah, he he started his supercars career with with Gary, and yeah, and they they all started from the ground up pretty much with with dad being Gary's first supercars driver in 1996. That's right. So, yeah, I mean, it was definitely pretty pretty special to to be able to drive um for the for the team that gave dad his start in his career uh that's right and then he he left him to go and uh, uh search for a uh, an overseas thing at uh, at one point but uh, he yeah. got he got dragged back yeah he yeah got dragged exactly back right. uh yeah. okay so yeah. you've got so 86 is this year no formula ford you've uh, you've kind of run that uh double program over the last couple of years yeah um, yeah that's correct formula ford's done for you yeah, yeah. So Formula Ford's done for us. Um, we found uh, it, it was great running by series, but it was also a lot of work for us. Um, so yeah, I think if you know, for us, just focusing on the one, the one um, category this year, uh, and we we just go a hundred, hundred and ten percent on on full focus on this category, and uh, and see where we end up at the end of the year. But we also want to try and do some um some one-off stuff here and there as well uh we, we do have some plans in place for that to happen um but yeah uh it's it's going to be an exciting year this year for sure perfect uh yeah you might need some one-offs because the 
Uh, the Toyota 86 series that we have here in Australia doesn't start until mid midway through the year. I think the first round is at Townsville. It sounds like an age away. Yeah, Actually, that's for correct. Some, for some people, it will be an age away. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. How how are you going to fill in your your time between now and then? Stay sharp. Yeah. Look, we um, obviously we do have some have some plans to uh, to do do some stuff. Uh, obviously, before then as well. Um, which none of none are can none of them are confirmed yet, but but will be soon. Um, yeah. Look, you know, I'm absolutely itching to get back into the the driver's seat. Um, and you know, to wait wait till July, it's just it's way too long for me. So uh, <laughs> yeah, hopefully if if everything falls into place, we can uh, we can go racing before then. Um, but yeah, look, it's either way, it's going to be a very exciting year. Yeah, cool. Burning around in those cars down at Simmons Plains would have been an absolute tease for you. You would have thought, oh, yep, I'm, yeah. I'm, re- I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah, Season's yeah. underway. Here we go. Yeah. And then got to wait till July to go car racing again. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, it was, uh, I've got still got itchy feet from it. <laughs> yeah. uh, cool. So where, where do you see yourself going in the, in the future? You know, this is uh, something that you've uh, proven that you're competitive at you know the family have a an absolutely unbelievable um uh, history and reputation within the sport um mm-hmm. it seems that you want to you know continue that path what's the ultimate goal for yourself um oh look i'd lo- love to drive supercars one day that's um that's definitely on you know, that's definitely one of my goals but also i'd love to do some racing overseas as well if the opportunity arises but uh look at the moment i'm just it's a, it's a tough game that's that's for sure and i'm just enjoying my motor racing as as much as i can and um and doing the best i can out on track as well that's um that's i always try to do the get the best out of myself and and i'm a perfectionist so mm-hmm. uh it uh yeah look at the moment i'm just just enjoying it for what it is and and we'll we'll see what happens in the future Cool. Well, uh, Clay, we've uh, very much enjoyed having you on the Parked Up podcast. One last little question for you. Uh, I saw over the Christmas break that you yourself and your dad were uh, hanging out at some speedway tracks, might have even got a couple of little selfies with uh, Napa Auto Parts own James McFadden yeah. hanging out with the team uh, down there at one of the Avalon Raceway events. Uh, yeah. spe- speedway, you don't mind uh, going and checking it out over the summer? Yeah, absolutely. I love Speedway. Um, I uh, I remember going to a to Speedway when I was a lot younger, but I this was back before I um yeah I I had any interest in the sport. But I think it was last year, early last year. A good friend of Dad's, Brett Smith. Um, he he was racing at Simpson, and he invited us to come along, and that was that was probably my first sort of sprint car meeting that I um that i remember and i just i loved it i i absolutely loved it and um and yeah we went to went to avalon as well recently and and, uh, and a good um a good friend of ours he's a supporter of uh, of james mcfadden and i'm a, I'm a big j mac fan as well so um <laughs> yeah it was it was really cool to go and go and watch watch james do his thing and um good to see the the team um team owner hodgy uh tim hodges as well um yeah and that was yeah that was a good night as well uh because j mac won it so uh yeah it was really cool really cool to experience that 
Cool. Okay, and uh, and I believe you're going you're heading down to uh, Warrnambool for the Grand Annual Classic as well at the end of uh, this week. Starts on yep. Friday, all wraps up on Sunday. Have you been to the Classic before? No, no, I haven't been to the Classic before, but I'm I'm really really excited. It's it's one of the biggest spring car races in Australia, so um, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to to going down there. It's gonna be it's gonna be massive. Yeah, cool. No, I can't wait uh, as well. I, uh, you know, this is will be one of my first ever Speedway events, so yeah, yeah. Uh, you might need to uh, hold my hand in some way and show, <laughs> show me around and tell me what's going on. Um, yeah. Have you followed much of the Speedway over over this summer? And uh, can you just stick your neck out and maybe give us a little tip? Who do you think is going to win this thing? Oh, look, oh, I'm a J Mac fan through and through, so I reckon James is going to get this one. Perfect. That's good. That's good for my friends at Napa. They'll be very stoked yeah. with that. It's <laughs> yeah. got a lot of a uh, lot of stiff competition though. So. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Even with you know the Americans coming over as well, it'll be, it'll be a really really good, um, good event for sure. Perfect. Cool, mate. Well, look forward to seeing you down there. Thank you so much for joining us on Parked Up, and uh, we'll see you at Warnable and kind of hoping we get to see you before uh, in in a car of your own before uh, Townsville at some point. But uh, thanks again. Yeah, thanks, Grant. Thanks for having me. And thank you, Clay. Thanks for your time. And uh, really looking forward to seeing if uh, the next generation of Richards can uh, do, yeah, look, if he does half as much as what his dad or his grandfather did, then uh, he's going to have a pretty good time at it. Uh, okay, so Jared Waitley, Mark Fogarty, it's coming up soon. Uh, I'm just going to play a very quick advert from our great friends at Race Fuels. Race Fuels is Australia's leading supplier of racing fuel to national and state-level motorsport. And its range of racing fuels includes the BP Supercars E85, which is available to grassroots races. For power and protection over pump fuel, Race Fuels imports the Elf Race 102, as used by Porsche Carrera Cup and the Touring Car Masters. More info on Race Fuels E85 and Elf Race 102 is available at racefuels.com. There's only one place to make sure your car is fueled for the day, and that is Race Fuels. Any track in Australia, anywhere, they are going to get you there. Okay, here we go. Fogues versus Jared Waitley on Parked Up. Well, I have to tell you, very unusually excited about this interview because I'm speaking with a living legend of Australian sports broadcasting. Jared Waitley, a very special welcome to Parked Up. Shock, horror, probe, <laughs> leading sportscaster embraces car racing. So, Jared, <laughs> are, you a, are you a convert to motorsport? Mark, very kind. Thank you for having me on. Uh, I, I love all sport. I love all sport when it reaches its top level. I'm a bit of a novice in this field. I sort of only have a, a working knowledge of motorsport typically, but I have a great guide and I can't wait to get to Warnable and, and see what all of this looks like, feel the excitement of it and see what we might achieve over the Australia Day long weekend. Well, you are indeed a sports polymath. You're all over most things on your various shows, but explain to me, how did you end up being 
well, just one high-profile partner in the Napa Auto Parts Hodges Motorsport Sprint Car Team. I mean, mate, it's a pretty impressive lineup. You, Tim Hodges, Jack Revolt, Scott McLaughlin. That's an American-style race team. If you're going to keep company, keep the best company, I think. So Tim Hodges and I have worked together for more than two decades. He's produced every night of AFL 360, it seems, since we went nightly in 2012. But prior to that, we worked together at Channel 10. As uh, I was a, a budding reporter and, and he was a, a young rookie. He used to uh, even work voluntarily uh, with me before we um, before we got him a job there, and then he's forged a a wonderful place in our in our footy media and in our sports media. And I do think, Mark, that one of the great blessings you can have in this industry is to find a long term producer who shares your beliefs and your style and your ambitions. And we've shared a, a hell of a lot together. His true passion for all that we've done is motor racing, and I've long known this. And he is my He's my guide. Whenever there's a, a motor racing story that um, I want to cover or I want to know more about, um, Tim is my, he's my sounding board and he's my instructor on that. And that's how we got to know Scott McLaughlin as Tim and, and he forged a friendship, which then brought in Jack Revolt through our, our nights on AFL 360. And then I sort of tagged into that as well. So they've had some nice projects going and I've been on the periphery admiring what they've done. And then one night after we'd done 360, um, we were just packing up and Tim was working on his computer and I saw some imagery for Hodges Motorsport. And I thought, oh, that that's curious and asked him about it. And the next night he gave me the full presentation that he'd put together and uh, it was it was beautiful actually is to grow up with your hometown race, having such a place in your heart. And this is true, whether it's horse racing or motor racing or bike racing is the, the Warnable uh, grand annual is the race that was closest to his heart growing up. And he put together a proposal to try to win the 50th running of it. And I said to him, I wanted in. And I, I don't think he thought that was necessarily a good idea. I don't think he could see me as a team owner, but I just said to him, shut up and take my money. I want in on this. I'm, I'm not having FOMO while you're all, uh, while you're all celebrating at the end of it. So no, it's been, um, it, it's been thrilling to watch him in, in a real passion project, put this together with, with such knowledge uh, and, and diligence and really authority. And I'm, I'm so thrilled to be a part of it. Yes, it'll sound very like mates are us still. Yes. Motorsport, famously, the best way to end up with a small fortune is to get involved, starting with a big fortune. It does suck up the dollars. <laughs> so, anyway, you've, you've got a, a top car, top team, and a top driver in James McFadden. Well, you're going all out for victory in the... Grand Annual Classic at Warrnambool, but is this a, a long-term deal or just a one-off? I think for Tim, it was a, it's a one-off project to, to try to win this particular edition of the race, but he's, he's so good at it and what he's done and with all the connections that he's got and the building of the car, the recruiting of a driver, the implementation of international sponsorship that 
I can't imagine that he doesn't continue it on into the future. But that's speaking for him. I think for the for the time being, this was this is his passion project. He absolutely wants to win uh, this race at Warnable, and particularly given that such an iconic edition of it as the fiftieth, the fiftieth running, and a, the real sense of celebration. So that that's we've all committed to that part of it, and uh, I hope. Above all for him, I hope he's able to have a great experience. And if we're all lucky enough to win it, then we'll see from there. But I think he's he's been so good at this to watch him. And I know what I'm, I've sort of had the great privilege of watching successful people in sport. He's been so good at putting this together that I think he's got a, a great future on this front if he, if he can, chooses to continue with Hodges Motorsports. As you said earlier... You're going to be there at Premier Speedway for the big event. Any chance we might see you at, well, I don't know, you you probably go to the Australian Grand Prix, celebrities do, but do you think this <laughs> might, in, yeah, I know, do you think this might enthuse you to go to a supercars event? Yeah, so we, we've, we're a really eclectic sporting family, Mark. It's, it's interesting. So the adrenaline junkie in our family is my wife, Claire. And if anyone takes us to the Grand Prix, she takes us to the Grand Prix. And it is actually for all that I drag her along to cricket and footy and horse racing. There's, that's the event that she most enjoys. She's, she's got a, a rev head at heart. And it's it, our 10 year old son, Benji. Um, if he's given the remote control to find the sport that he would like to watch, he watches supercars. So kids are funny in what they, what they are attracted to. That's no influence from me. But he he's really keen on the supercars, and that's he thoroughly enjoyed the the years where Scott McLaughlin was racing, and so I can absolutely see a future where he's asking me to go to the Sandown 500 and and to the Grand Prix, and you know is I'm I'm quite lucky I do get to travel around a little bit, so I can imagine that in the future it'll be his request to be going to to motor race events and I will uh, I'll absolutely happily do that as I say to you I I do love all sport that's that's just how I am at heart I do thoroughly enjoy going to the Formula One Grand Prix the supercars I think the rise of that over recent years has been uh, has been something that has drawn me in and the Scott McLaughlin years in particular um, I felt like we had a stake in those and you do get to sort of meet and talk to to people around the trap. So yeah, as I, you will, I would imagine with, with Benji's interest that, that you will see me more at motorsports events as the years go on. That'd be great. But Jared, I'll get on my hobby horse now. Yes, I, please do. I, yeah. I see a disconnect between motorsport and mainstream media. And you're very much part of that. And with all respect, you are very much known for, you know, being, well, your show, particularly on SEN, is a broad church of sports. But unless I'm mistaken, motorsport and supercars particularly are not high profile. Where's motorsport gone wrong? Why doesn't it get the coverage on mainstream media, do you think, that, well, the interest out there suggests it deserves? Yeah, so it's knowing that we were going to have this conversation, Mark, I've thought about this quite a bit. Uh, so I will, I'll disagree in part on that. So I think that the results of motorsport are really well covered 
So I, I, I would defer to your day-to-day knowledge, but it seems to me that each Sunday of supercars, each round of the Formula One Grand Prix, and even the, the superbikes, that the, the results get covered on the major nightly news services. You're right to point out the ratings for both supercars and Formula One are excellent and speaks to a, a significant and loyal following. So, and then I think the major stories do get coverage. So the Dan Ricardo's time in the Formula One, the, the tumult around last year, uh, the two seasons ago when it was coming down to that last race in Dubai, uh, the um, Scott McLaughlin's recruitment to IndyCars and the success that he has there. I think those major stories uh, do find a place in the mainstream conversation. And that's uh, that's certainly true in the, the rundowns of my show. Uh, and McLaughlin's been a, a great source of that, I think, a personality that everybody in sport knows, not just motorsport. So you need sort of those crossover figures into the mainstream. And then I guess the, the, the nitty gritty doesn't get covered in the same way that the footy codes do. But in a way, that's the blessing and the curse of the footy codes is that they have the saturation coverage of every small thing as a major debate and a major talking point. And the, the, mood, of, the mood in Melbourne rises and falls on, on some of those events. So that, that's not quite the case with motorsport. And I don't think it, it doesn't have that Ford versus Holden that was there perhaps when we grew up. But I do think when we get to those main events like the Bathurst 1000 and uh, and Sandown in our own town, and uh, I I feel like the drivers um, get the chance to to be put forward so that we know who the the half a dozen or or ten key participants in the sport are. So I I think there is a representation in the mainstream, um, but maybe not to the maybe not in the depth that your knowledge would um, would like to see, given uh, how steeped in the sport you are. Well, of course. I'm embedded. It's been my lifelong passion, but also across my, unfortunately, very, very long career, <laughs> I've covered many, many other sports. And, yeah, well, this is why I wanted to, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you, because I just, yeah, for a sport, supercars, I'm talking in the Australian perspective, that that claims, and probably rightly so, that it is at least the fourth most popular sport nationally in Australia. I'm sorry, that's just not reflected, you know, in the nightly news bulletins and, you know, not even in the newspapers anymore, which I used to be vitally involved in. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Where do you see supercars, where have they gone wrong? Because, you know, 20, 30, certainly 40 years ago, you know, touring car racing particularly was extremely popular in the media. Yeah, so I think rather than necessarily where it went wrong is maybe if I plotted a little bit forward is just prior to the pandemic, but the TV ratings were um, that they just couldn't be ignored is the way that, the sport was growing again and the resurgence. I do think McLaughlin as a central figure played a big role in that and the tensions that were around him clearly in the paddock. Now, whether that was sort of jealousies or, or other things is there was a, 
there was an undercurrent that sort of fed the sport through there. And so each race became central to, to whether he was gettable or not and, and what he ruled over the sport for about three years. So we don't have the manufacturers in the same way. So Ford versus Holden, when I was growing up, that was very tangible. I never had a stake in that myself because I didn't barrack for one or the other, but there'd be a whole generation that did. And when we had the demise of, of Holden a few years back is you could tap in to that. So I think that there's probably three aspects to it. One is the personalities in the sport. So there's a, a huge responsibility of the drivers to participate in the mainstream media and to participate in that generous way as you will be speaking with people who don't have a an expertise in the sport. So this is where I think somebody, I think I feel like somebody like Mark Scaife is really good on this in the same way that Andy Harper is for football is when he comes onto a program where he knows it's not a motorsport program. This is a general sport program. So it's, it's his role to be the conduit. It's his role to explain to you why this is interesting and why you should care and why you should follow the race on the weekend or why what happened on the track matters out of the weekend. So I think that those who are central to the sport have to spread the gospel. You have to actively do it. And I feel like you have to do it without any sense of resentment as well. There should be more people who are experts. Well, that, that's not, that's not the role. It's to go and to convert. It's to go and uh, spread why this is interesting, why it matters and why on the weekend it's worth tuning into and caring about that result. So that's one part, the, the action. So all that, it does strike me that there's a, a lot that happens within a race meeting and within the major race on the weekend is where there are tensions. Those tensions um, should be explored. They shouldn't, we shouldn't pretend that they're not there as if they're, if they're rubbing doors and, and um, bumping bars is, is that, sh and it usually is played out in the pits. I, I'm not sure that there's a sport that has as good at access as motor racing does. And, and that's, that's so often reflected at the Logies, isn't it? Where the, the coverage of Bathurst is, is quite often acclaimed as the best sports coverage on TV of the year. And then it's making sure through the calendar that you land in the right places. So there, there are gaps in the sporting calendar. I think it's really hard to go head to head with the AFL and the NRL. Um, they are just so all encompassing across the winter that you have to be clever with your scheduling, there's some races which have to clash, but you really want your feature events, I think, to have the clean air where they can get the build up for four or five days in the lead up to, and then get the reflection in the aftermath of it. As if you if you land directly head to head with the major events in footy, you will be well down the pecking order. And there can be, I know some sports have a resentment about that, but that's just the way the modern sporting landscape operates. And I think that the sports that sit on those, on the tiers just underneath have a responsibility to identify it and to find the gaps rather than be resentful of the fact that the footy dominates all. So that's, that, that's a little bit how I think about it. I, I'm very interested in, in the key moments of motorsport and I, I have less of the narrative across six months i'm i'm much more likely to know the pinnacle moments rather than all the building blocks along the way and i suspect i'm i'm indicative of, of a lot of people indeed and as tim hodges outlined to us 
I'm parked up and parked up. Plus, late last year, it, it is a fool's errand trying to go up against AFL and NRL in the winter. And he advocated, as many have over the years, that supercars becomes a summer sport. Um, just one thing you touched upon that you alluded to earlier, and, you know, it is supercars, I suppose, and the, more particularly the drivers and the superstars. You're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. You know, if they had the coverage of, you know, say, AFL players get week on week on week, you know, their life would be a living hell. So yeah, <laughs> they're, they're actually, you know, quite lucky because they're not under scrutiny. And, and the one thing we don't have, which, you know, dual-edged sword, <clears throat> we just don't have the controversy that certainly NRL has nor <clears throat> or the AFL. Yeah, maybe not the distasteful stuff, but I feel like you do have the tension between drivers, the the striving between teams that sort of underpins all of sport. And I do think, so Matt, I might be, I, I can be Pollyanna on these things, Mark, so I sort of declare that up front, is to tell your story across your sporting season, I don't think is a great impediment. In fact, I think it's a, it's a terrific privilege. It is if I'm running one of these motorsport teams and let's say a supercar team, I want my driver to be the most popular guy in Australia. I want my driver to be the crossover figure that that sports fans, so not, not footy fans, but sports fans, particularly in Melbourne, we are a broad church. Yes, AFL is one, but we'll embrace everything once as we get to know it. I want that driver to be a public figure. I want him to have a following. I want people to to put his cap on and to have that emotional stake when he goes out to race a dozen times a year. I don't think that is an impediment. I don't think I I don't agree that that makes your life challenging. This it's the willingness to give a little bit of yourself publicly and the reward is at this this great latent following I think that that is potentially there I, I think McLaughlin unlocked that for two or three years uh, he was not only the dominant figure he was the most popular racer and people absolutely knew who he was and that just takes a little bit of generosity of spirit and a little bit of willingness to put yourself out there and seeing the the reward that flows back rather than just seeing the well, I really don't want to participate in the in in that publicity. I, I think there's a, I, I think there's sort of a, a way to unlock all of that. That it, it shouldn't be a burden to do three interviews a week regarding what you're most passionate about. There should be a desire to to share that, to draw people to it, and then to see what that looks like across a, a racing season, particularly if you're going well, as as people are drawn to you and hope that you succeed and then celebrate in, in what you achieve. Well, the life of a racing driver or any athlete, really, elite athlete, you know, it's not like a real job, is it? I've always no, said, no, you know, if all, if all I had to do every week, you know, with drive a racing car or, you know, bat a tennis ball back and boards and then talk to someone, well, I'm sorry. Hello, I'm in. <laughs> Think? I think it is worth that, yeah, to, to 
it is worth sharing your experiences to think about it and to articulate it and to draw people to it. Uh, I would, I think that's the, there's, there's the obsession with being the absolute best and, I, and we admire and respect that. And then there's the generosity, the willingness to share that with people. And I think the athletes across the world who end up occupying that place in our heart are the ones who are able and willing to share it. And I think, I think our supercar drivers could foster that, could actively foster that across the course of a year without it being any sort of burden to them. Indeed, our reigning champion is, um, well, he's not the most expressive bloke. And, yeah, supercars, and there's a, a reason that I won't go into, but we just don't have the black hats and the white hats that we used to yep. back in the day of, of Brock and Moffat, and they're very reluctant to be controversial. But uh, no, that's all. that's all really interesting. One last thing, just to get your reaction, in broad mainstream media terms, throughout my career, I've always come across the the obstacle, the resistance among traditional sports journalists that motorsport, maybe MotoGP, motorcycle racing apart, it's not real sport. It's not like the ball sports or the stick and ball sports <laughs> because, well, you know, some of the some of them sit on their high horses and just say, oh no, they're sitting down. They're not working hard. Well, if only they knew. Yes. But do 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 you do you think that is a, a legitimate criticism of general sports media? Um, maybe. Uh, uh, I hope. I hope less so, uh, because I don't see how uh, the team that there's a couple of aspects to it, isn't it? That the excellence of the individual driver and the bravery. So I don't think we should miss the the danger aspect to it and the the willingness to to um, participate in that in, in the same way that the jockeys are just so tremendously brave. So for whatever criticisms we have around tactics and those sorts of things, is every well too often we get the reminder that this is this is a phenomenally dangerous activity and it requires not only a level of excellence but a level of bravery to participate. And I would. I would share that on a motor racing front, but then there's the team aspect to it. So I don't know whether there's a level of ignorance mark around. It's not just the driver in the car. It is the team in the garage. It is the engineers and the mechanics. Uh, and so what have we seen with, with formula one is once Lewis Hamilton's car was no good as he couldn't achieve anything like he wanted to. And maybe we've had a, a bit of an insight over a few years through drive to survive about what all of that is. So, it's not a platitude when the driver talks about his team or he's on the car radio to the mechanics. It's that that's a very real partnership that you are the, the front man for a, a large industry and a, and a big endeavor. So uh, there shouldn't be an ignorance on that front. And I, I feel like that it is at its best. It is, it is just so thrilling. Um, maybe, I don't know, our, our Formula One Grand Prix in Australia doesn't tend to lend itself towards a thrilling race. So maybe that's for the build-up each year, we don't quite get the payoff for that. Is I'll then watch supercars and you watch three drivers go almost side by side by side into one corner. And you go, well, the, the three aren't coming out here, but that is just how committed they are to the competitiveness of the racing. And 
and the the paint swapping and the scratching that goes on in all of that is that part is is riveting uh, and then maybe there's i do have every now and then mark i would love to see a race where all the drivers were in the same the exact same car so that it it, it reduced it down to who is the best driver on the day and the conditions with all the um, with all the extraneous removed and just boil it right down to okay so everyone's got the same mechanical specifications away you go um, so you know the the that desire to know who the absolute best driver is at the moment rather than the, the whole setup that is there but yeah is sometimes I, I probably share that people get very myopic in sports media sometimes all we can see is AFL that that's that doesn't do it for me is particularly living in Melbourne if you're doing if you're doing AFL 12 months of the year and obsessing your mind on that you're missing so much more I love the seasons I love the the interludes within a season so I'm a my my, my brief tends to run footy horse racing cricket super bowl and then back through uh, and then all the interludes that come along the way in melbourne so yeah is it, it, it those who have closed their minds to it are they're missing something and sometimes it, it might be the sport's job just to remind them from time to time hey th this is awesome don't miss this along the way and the best way to share that is is really through the participants themselves very astute observations. Yes, the idea of all the top drivers in all the same cars has been an appealing prospect for years, but due to the nature of motorsport and the technical nature of it can't happen. But uh, yeah, anyway, look, Jared Waitley, this has been a privilege and fascinating. Thank you very much for your time and your insights. And hopefully we'll mark, be hearing much you. more from you about motorsport in the future. <laughs> Very good, Mark. Thank you for inviting me on. I can't wait to see how we go with James McFadden at, at Warnable uh, across this, uh, this long weekend. Oh, it'll be exciting, mate. Those sprint cars, they're monsters. They, <laughs> they, they are probably, if not among the most spectacular machines in the world. You'll love it. Uh, great. I haven't seen one live race before. I've been watching streams and clips mm -hmm. and photos, but I haven't seen a race live before. So if nothing else, it'll be a, a unique experience. And you, so as you would well know, Mark, you get to a point where you feel like you've probably seen most things uh, and the, the pleasure of, of experiencing something for the first time will be really great. No, you'll enjoy it. Thanks, Jared. And a very, very insightful chat, uh, very, very intelligent conversation and uh, great that uh, folks could uh, get uh, Jared for such an extended time there um, to to run through and articulate uh, how he feels motorsport sits in the, in the current media landscape and where it might be able to improve. So all very interesting. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, we've got some big motor races coming up soon. We've got uh, Bathurst 12 hour. So uh, we'll see who we can pull out to uh, preview that one. Maybe our old mate, Tony D, he'll be there in the uh, Lamborghini running around with wall racing. So motorsport is uh, really going to come to life pretty soon. And we thank you very much for listening. Of course, uh, Parked Up Plus 
on Monday, 5 p.m. with Mark Fogarty. Uh, as I'd said earlier in the show, the Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast. It's uh, becoming a must-listen. Uh, and Girls on the Grid as well are uh, churning out some new pods. And uh, you can give them all a listen for now. I'm Grant Rowley and enjoy your day. You've just listened to another Network Hub production.